Just before Iceland's most recent volcano erupted, guess who went to the Arctic to visit Iceland's most popular national news network, better known as Rove? That, that, that's right. Your Weather Jazz host has been away on assignment to accept a special invitation from a former Weather Jazz guest. Want to know more? Stay tuned for today's special Thursday edition of Weather Jazz. Of Weather Jazz. Of Weather Jazz. Of Weather Jazz. Weather Jazz. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather, science, earth science, and a whole lot more. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is a special episode I'm releasing on Thursday, December 21, 2023. This is episode number 500. At 85, and essentially, I have just arrived home from a wonderful, amazing, and very eventful week in Iceland. This has been on my radar for a little while, no pun intended. And initially, my flight to Iceland, along with a very good friend of mine, was delayed by one full day because last week on Thursday, every single flight in and out of Keflavik International Airport was either canceled or grounded. That's because of 60 to 80 mile per hour winds that occurred along with a huge Atlantic storm. Now, fortunately, on Friday, we were able to pick up the pieces and head to Iceland a day late. And when we landed on Friday night, early Saturday morning, the winds were still a bit of an issue although subsided considerably from the day before. But it was certainly very windy when we landed on Friday night and Saturday morning. Now, coming up in the next week or two or three, somewhere in there, I am going to have an interview with a gentleman I've had on Weather Jazz before. And his name is Jeroen. He is originally from Belgium, but now an Icelander. And he published a book about the first couple of eruptions that occurred on the Reykjanes Peninsula. Now, that Saturday morning, we met at a place called the Laundromat Cafe. I'll have to tell you a lot more about that when we roll that interview. When I did record that interview, the eruption, the volcanic eruption, the most recent one, had not yet occurred. And that is also true of an interview that we were invited to participate in. My Weather Jazz audience is already very familiar with the Ruve English Radio Service. The host of that program is Darren Adam, and you've heard from Darren before. You've heard some of his radio programs right here on Weather Jazz. Well, now the tables are turned. When we went to visit Darren at the Ruve Television Network, he asked if we would talk about our interest in Iceland and what brought us to Iceland and things of that nature. So without further delay, what I'm going to do right now is essentially repost the interview that he did on his program. So here we go. This is Roof English Radio with Darren Adam, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. 
Hello, this is Roof English Radio. I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company. Today, I'm in the company of two American visitors who I think it is fair to say are Eastlands Vino. They are friends of Iceland. Andre Bernier and Bob Gilmore. Now, Andre first came to my attention during the summer when there was an eruption in Iceland, when there was a volcano erupting. And I got an email from Andre asking if he could use the footage that Ruve was creating or providing, I suppose, of the volcano on his weather broadcasts in the USA. And I said yes, didn't I? You most certainly did. <laughs> and our, our audience was truly fascinated with the eruption going on because, yes. as you mentioned in the uh, program, your program, we don't see eruptions anywhere close to Cleveland, Ohio. No, but you have a fascination, I think it's fair to say, with the country, don't you? This wasn't your first ever interest in Iceland. Yeah, this is my sixth visit to Iceland now. Okay. And my first one was in 1987, very early, with uh, my friend Bob Gilmore, with, and I'm here with him today, uh, almost as bookend uh, visits, <laughs> because in 1987, a lot of changes since then, including uh, the Blue Lagoon, which at the time was just a changing house. Yeah, yeah, there was nothing there. Yeah. And uh, that was amazing. And of course, the buildup. But the people, the people of Iceland are warm, inviting. The minute they see that you're interested in their culture, the door swung wide open. And it was a wonderful experience, very heartwarming. Well, you've both been coming to Iceland for even longer than, than I have. Our first trip was in 1998, and I do remember the Blue Lagoon with just a couple of sheds, small sheds for changing, mm -hmm. nothing like the operation that it is now. Bob, let me bring you in on this. You came as well in 1987. No one came to Iceland then. You must have felt like the only tourist, pretty much. Uh, that's actually true. Uh, in fact, the airport was uh, the uh, Air Force Base. Yeah. And uh, you'd land there and you'd go into a little building. And that was pretty much uh, customs. You went in Iceland, uh, downtown Reykjavik, and it was a, a cute little town. Um, you know, the, the little hot dog stand was kind of like on its own. <laughs> in fact, I didn't even recognize it on this trip. And I was here eight years ago, and there still wasn't the buildings around it. And then they had the crane that went down. Mm. Uh, and that was obviously the buildings they were putting up. But it looks so different now. And it's even the traffic. There's so much traffic yes. here now compared to even eight years ago. But yeah. when I came in 87, it was wide open. It was empty compared. Let me ask you both something that I get asked all the time still to this day, which is this. Why Iceland? What was the spark? Why did you first want to come? Wow. Good question. Because when I first started working at the Weather Channel, I was one of the, the first people employed by the Weather Channel back in the early 1980s in the USA. I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, and that was heat country, very yeah. hot. I didn't like heat. I was born and raised in the Boston area. And so I sported a license plate, a, a vanity plate that put Arctic, <laughs> Arctic on it, because I always was fascinated with the Arctic. Yeah. And so when the opportunity came to visit Iceland, I thought, hey, here's my chance to visit the Arctic. And endeared with it mm. ever since, truly endeared. Not quite the Arctic, though, unless Not you've quite. been to Grimsey. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. We've never been that far north, but this is about as close as uh, I think I'll yeah. come to the Arctic. Yeah. And Bob, what about you? When did you first, and why did you first want to come here? 
Well, Andre uh, had mentioned uh, that he was going to Iceland with the TV station. Do you want to go? And I had the same fascination. Gee, it's a unique place. You know, if I come home and say I've been to Iceland, where, what? What is that? <laughs> Nowadays, everyone comes here on vacation because right. they, you, I have like five, six people that I know that came here already this year. Yeah. But back then, people wouldn't even understand where is Iceland. No. And they think it would be a really cold place uh, when, when in fact it's not. So uh, I had a great fascination with it. I love the volcanic activity that's here, the geothermal baths. Uh, I find it um, wonderful. And yeah, the people are really nice. I stayed with some friends here. After I came up, I met people and uh, even brought my ham radio gear because I'm an amateur radio operator. Got my license here two years in a row. That would have been 89 and 1990 and, uh, and operated as a, uh, a rare country in ham radio uh, terms. And I met my wife uh, uh, here in Iceland, in Keflavik, in the airport in 1990. Okay. She's from Sweden, though, and they were making the connecting flight to New York. So, so this holds a special, a special place. And ironically, it was June 17th of 1990, which is Iceland Day. National so, Day, of course. Yeah. Fan so, fantastic. And you've been coming ever since. And you've, your yeah. sixth trip, as you say. Yes. Yeah. Probably not my last. Now, over the course of the weekend, and this is another reason I wanted to speak to you both. I think you were both at the concert, weren't you? Yeah. The Ice Guys mm -hmm. concert that took place. You know one of the Ice Guys. That is correct. He's Jon Jonsson, uh, and his brother Frederick is also one of the Ice Guys, but it was, oh, maybe five years ago. I was listening to FM Neo Monsieur uh, on a weekend in the States, and I heard this song, uh, Metier, and I thought, I wonder who this is. I shazammed it, and it was Jon uh, Jonsson. I had no idea who Jon Jonsson was. But I contacted him through Instagram. He immediately responded, I said, how'd you like to come on to my podcast? He said, sure. <laughs> and we eventually connected, did that, and we stayed in contact ever since. And then this year he said, come to my concert. And I said, what concert? And he goes, the Ice Guys. I said, when is it? He said, December 16th. I said, okay. <laughs> and so we're here. And it was a wonderful concert. Where was it? Capla uh, Krika okay. in uh, the, the soccer field. And uh, the production and the energy and the, the just, they spared no expenses. They really spared no expenses to detail. And when you went there, you really felt like you were part of something very special. It was wonderful. Yeah. Bob, what did you think of it? It was really nice. Uh, I also looked around and thought, we're probably the only Americans in here. <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe not. Um, but but it, was, uh, it was well put together. Mm -hmm. I'm used to a lot of productions being mm -hmm. in broadcasting back in the States. And it was nicely done. And uh, I would love to see them come to the States and play. Okay. So perhaps they will someday and get bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. So I want to see them press some vinyl, too, guys. I like collecting yes, vinyl. Yes, me too. Me so, too. yeah. Yep. Well, fingers crossed they'll make it to the States. You're going back to the States. Tomorrow we're having a conversation on Monday. You fly back on Tuesday. So you're going to miss Christmas in Iceland. But you've had a real taste, I think, of what it's like in the run-up. How do you think Iceland does Christmas? I think it's fantastic, especially given the fact that everybody takes advantage of the long dark hours yes. by, by putting lights up everywhere. There's a warmth that you can feel, that, that's, that you can touch and feel as you pass by every house. 
It's beautiful. And how does the weather compare, I speak to you as a meteorologist, how does the weather that we're seeing this week and last week compare with what you would see back in, in your part of the States? I'm trying to pick one word, and if I had to pick one word, it's kooky here. It changes so fast on, on, on a dime. One minute, partly cloudy, the next minute, snowflakes the size of half dollars that are coming down. Amazing. Well, I'll tell you what, I've just had an idea. As I say, this conversation will be available to listen to in advance of Christmas. I'm going to call up on my phone the weather forecast mm -hmm. for the next few days, particularly Christmas Day itself, which is Monday, the 25th. Mm -hmm. So what I want you to do is yes. give us the weather forecast for Reykjavik, certainly, on Christmas Day. Well, for those that are spending Christmas locally, Reykjavik, some light snow showers, a moderate breeze with temperatures as warm as minus two or two below Celsius, and overnight lows down to about five below, uh, again with a light breeze. Occasional snow showers, perfect. Fulkumith for Christmas. So you are saying it's going to be, or it could be a white Christmas. In this business, you never say the word guarantee, but no. I'll say this is as close as you're going to get. We'll not hold you to it, but we'll credit you with it, should it happen. Well, before we conclude today's episode with a little Ice Guys music, thanks to Darren Adam, I had the chance to sit down with Darren and get his story. You see, he's originally from Great Britain, but he is an Icelander. So we get to talk a little bit about how that all came about. Here's the conversation. Darren, welcome to Weather Jazz. Thank you very much, Andre. So let's, let's talk a little bit about your career move. And I was recently on your um, radio program. Yes. In fact, we're recording this in Iceland, in Reykjavik. And it, what a delight to meet you after so many correspondences back and forth, especially after the eruption and we, our television station, uh, Fox 8, you gave us permission to rebroadcast the lava feed. And by the way, my boss thanks you very much because he went, whoa, this is big. Talk about your career and how it took you to Iceland. Well, when I met my partner in 1994, and it is that long ago, one of the first ideas we had for one of our first holidays was to come to Iceland. And at that time, in the mid to late 1990s, as you will know, as someone who's been coming to Iceland for even longer than that, people didn't come to this country on holiday then. It was a very rare and strange and exotic thing to do. Happily, my idea was met with approval, and we've been coming and returning to Iceland ever since. Now, around about that time, I started doing a breakfast show on a radio station called 4th FM in Edinburgh, which is the main sort of commercial FM station. Did that into maybe the start of my 30s and then started doing a bit more speech and features and interviews and that kind of thing and for the last eight years I was a presenter as well on LBC in London which is and was three hours of live speech every day across the UK from the capital so things went well in the UK that was all fine but we did want to come to Iceland. We did want to, at some point, move to Iceland. I don't know how familiar you are with the concept of Brexit. Oh, yes. I do remember. Yeah. Yeah. But it absolutely 
uh, well, at the very least, shall we say, I'm choosing my words carefully here, it got in the way, shall we say, mm-hmm. um, of being able to simply move to Iceland from the UK. I had, however, and with my partner, we had been coming to Iceland so often and had made so many connections, cultural connections and, and friendships and such like with Icelanders that the lawyer that we spoke to in Reykjavik suggested that it might be worth, it might be possible to petition Althingi, the Icelandic parliament, to become a citizen in law. And I was blown away by this concept. I knew that the route existed, but I really didn't think that that I would be able to do such a thing. And, and long story short, I was. I became an Icelandic citizen last year through that very route, which was perhaps, the, you know, without any hyperbole, perhaps the greatest honour that's ever been bestowed on me. It was an incredible moment um, to become Icelandic. It, of course, had the upside of making a move to Iceland a lot easier for, for me and for my partner. And then this job here at RUV, at the National Broadcaster in Iceland, came up to run and look after the English service. That came up about two months after I became a citizen. So the timing was incredible. Something was uh, supposed to happen, I think, if those two events happened in the same period last year. And so we, at the point where it became possible, we decided to move pretty swiftly um, to Iceland. We've been here for a year, but like you, have been coming to this amazing country for a lot longer than that. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Uh, There's nothing, at least in my humble opinion, that is uh, a coincidence. It's all divinely timed and uh, for a purpose. And uh, maybe you're still discovering what that purpose is. So what might that be uh, beyond perhaps what you're doing in Iceland already? Uh, Well, I I wouldn't say it was divinely um, ordained. I would say it was a hell of a coincidence, maybe, (laughs) at the very least. Um, No, we want to stay here um, and uh, consolidate, I think, what I hope I've been able to bring to Roove over the course of the last year, which is Roove English and Roove English Radio, which is the daily radio program that we make about anything to do with Iceland. This was the show, of course, the service that you guested on uh, recently as well and uh, you can still find that show if you'd like to hear Andre on it just go to roof.is slash English and you'll find that together with all the other shows as well no we want to spend time here we want to be Icelandic we want to live in and be part of and contribute to this amazing country and sort of give something back to it in a way because it's been such an amazing place to visit such a what was the draw for you the, draw the initial for me? well as you know this is a question i get asked and I, I i like asking other people what their answer my answer is that i had a weird fascination from the age of about five with iceland also with greenland uh, as well yeah. at the same time that sort of faded for some reason Iceland always remained as a place of fascination and I can really trace it back to being five or six or seven years of age and not knowing why I wanted to come to Iceland and then when I finally did all those years later it just sort of made sense okay yeah this is this reflects the interest that you had in the place it doesn't explain it but it reflects it Mm -hmm. it justifies it and so I don't know what the attraction was I can point to the things that I like about Iceland, which may be fit. I mean, I like cold weather. I like winter. I like Christmas. I like the cold nights. I like the cold days. Um, I, I, I love all of that. I also think Iceland's a very uh, egalitarian place. It's a very liberal place. It's a very fair place, it seems to me anyway, and a very happy place. 
as well. And I felt very happy when I first came here. I think my partner Chris did as well. And, and, and hopefully that's something that we're going to continue seeing. Mm-hmm. I hope. So uh, while we listen to you on the Rube English radio program online, are there any plans or anything that you envision beyond the radio program, maybe develop uh, the program uh, further into into other areas uh, or expand it somehow? Do you have any vision? Well, I do have one idea that I'd like to experiment with in the new year. Iceland, uh, Ruv rather, in law, can only broadcast in Icelandic, which is why our service exists online. Mm. Anything that we send through a transmitter basically has to be in Icelandic or subtitled or dubbed mm. into Icelandic. That doesn't work with radio. It does work with television. Right. And so an idea that I've had, and it's gone no further really than me saying these words just now, more or less, would be to provide some kind of English language content on television here that could be subtitled, which would make it compliant with the law. And that's something I I would like to look at over the course of 2024. There's a lot of hurdles to jump over to make that happen, but it would be a lot of fun. I also, away from the radio, away from here... I also dabble in making electronic music. It's terrible. So I'd like to get better at that. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a great uh, New Year's resolution. Well, I also want to buy a Toyota Land Cruiser, but they're too expensive. And would you believe that right now the rental we are, were given by Avis was a Land Land. So, well, it's the Land Rover. I don't know. If yeah. it, is that the same thing? No, if, it, if it's got land in it and it's a Toyota, it's probably a Land Cruiser. Okay, thing. all right. So I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was great in the snow when we came yes, over. Yes. Um, and, of course, uh, we were uh, there. There's a picture of it. Oh, no, you've, you've got a Land Rover Discovery. Land Rover. It's what you've got. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not a Toyota. Okay. No. It's still it's a pretty, pretty decent yeah. idea. <laughs> Thank you so much again for not only for responding so quickly to our request well, on stateside. I mean, you asked so nicely. I had to say yes. Well, wonderful. That's terrific. So um, we may be asking you again if uh, something goes well, uh, goes crazy near the Blue Lagoon. Well, as you know, as we sit here and we're having our conversation about a week before Christmas, as you know, there has not been an eruption following the earthquakes. Mm-hmm. The Blue Lagoon reopened a couple of days ago. Right. Uh, there are people in Grindavik, which was the town affected by the earthquakes, that are very keen to move back into the town. It's not been allowed yet, but... You know, as we sit here, and it may be completely different by the time people listen to this conversation, it might be totally different, but as of right now, the chances of there being an eruption seem to be gently declining. Mm-hmm. So it might be a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we hope that the next time you do get photos or images of uh, an eruption from us, that that is of an eruption taking place far, far away from critical infrastructure and people. Amen and amen and amen. Uh, Let's certainly pray for that. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Andre. Good to see you. I might add right here that Darren was very instrumental and very kind in making sure that we had our rides ready for us because of the very strange weather that occurred just before our December arrival. Our initial flight was completely canceled. There were no flights going in or out of Iceland because of some very, very strong winds. So we had to wait one day for the weather to settle down, and it did. But that flight was rather delayed as well, so much so that we were in jeopardy of landing in Iceland at 2 o'clock in the morning 
and no car rental agent there to greet us, which meant that perhaps we would have stayed at the airport until the next morning when they opened back up. Well, Darren saw to it that somebody would be there to greet us, and thankfully, somebody indeed was. And we got into our car rental, and driving off the airport road at about 3 o'clock in the morning, finally getting to our Airbnb just to the west of Reykjavik at 4 in the morning on a Saturday. And it was that Saturday night that we went to Kaplakrika, which is the soccer field that hosted the Ice Guys. And my friend Jon Jonsson, many of you know Jon Jonsson because he's been on Weather Jazz before. And uh, perhaps as we approach episode number 600, we can twist Jon Jonsson's arm and get him back on for that very special episode. Who knows? We'll try our best. So with that, let me cap off this episode with the tail end of the Rouve interview, along with one of the songs from the Ice Guys and one of the Ice Guys whom we all know is Jon Jonsson. Here we go. Okay. Andre Bernier, thank you. Bob Gilmore, thank you very much indeed. Enjoy your Absolutely. final day for now here in Iceland. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you will be back. It's Roof English Radio. I'm Darren Adam. You can get in touch with us anytime. English at ruv.is. <laughs> Fastar og fastar og já, ég get ekki anda Stopp, nú er þetta búið, ekki aftur snúið Líf botnir og beygi beis, ekki hvað þetta meðir Stopp, hvað er á seyðir, nú skilja leiðir Yeah. 
more from Roof English with all the news from Iceland in English at rub.is/english. Roof English Radio is daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster Roof. Weather and science across the globe. Jazz 